Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in Portland, Rose City, wherever you may be listening on the Bald Face Truth of the BFT Radio Network. Thanks for making time. We got All-Star Game coverage coming up at uh, 5 o'clock here on the BFT Radio Network flagship, 7.50 the game. But before we get there, we want to uh, flesh out a little bit more Trailblazers conversation with Dave Deckert. He is a managing editor at Blazers Edge. Kind enough to join us, Dave. A lot to get to. Appreciate you uh, making the time and talking a little uh, Trailblazers with us. Well, it's certainly going to be a different summer, that's for sure. After about six years of placid waters, all of a sudden we're over the waterfall. You know what? I, I appreciate that that uh, that picture because sometimes it's hard to get that perspective when you're in the day-to-day, what's the latest rumor? What's the latest report? What is Dame going to Miami? What's going on? And yet there's a little bit of like nervous energy to, to the situation now and a little bit of edge to the situation now that's a lot better than the like knowable malaise of not competing for anything meaningful. Well, yeah, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Do you want to continue on when in your comfort zone, knowing that you have an incredibly talented, charismatic player who's going to score you between 25 and 30 points a game, but you can't build around him. It's not going to turn into a title. And uh, eventually you're just going to watch the same thing year after year. I think both Dame and perhaps the Blazers, judging by their actions the last year and a half, had decided that, you know, that's not the way they wanted to go. And if they could have changed it and kept Dame in the fold, I fully believe they would have. I fully believe he would have. But I think both of them were looking at the situation and going, you know, if if I stay, says Damian Lillard, this is what we're in for for the rest of my career, and I would prefer to have something different. And the Blazers kind of tacitly said, we agree. There's a lot, you know, of talk around Lillard's legacy, and you've covered this team for a long time. You've been following the Blazers for a long time. You know, where where does he rank? Is he the greatest Blazer ever? You know, how does he compare to to someone like Walton or Drexler or uh, another name? Certainly, he's in the top three without question. But um, is Lillard risking anything in your mind in terms of his Rip City legacy with the manner in which? He is kind of forcing his way out and wanting just to go to Miami? Not a bit. I mean, the only controversy is of the abstract kind. Well, the guy has a max contract. He signed an extension, and now he's demanding a trade. I think some people around the NBA are raising eyebrows about that, but it's the same way in which people say, wow, we should get that those divorce laws changed because that seems unfair. That doesn't mean they think you shouldn't get divorced. They're perfectly okay with your spouse leaving. They just, in general, don't want that to happen to them or at large. That's the only sore spot in this. Other than that, the entire rest of the NBA is saying about time. Uh, Portland fans will probably be understanding Uh, All Dame has to do is go and play somewhere else, and he's going to receive greater exposure and succeed. And you know what? As soon as he retires, the Blazers won't be able to retire his jersey quick enough. So, I mean, there's nothing at risk here for Damian Lillard at all other than some temporary friction caused by any divorce. Uh, I think the Blazers have slightly more at risk, but you know what? 
that's something they're going to have to deal with. They, if they were worried about that, they should have fixed this in 2020, yeah. not in 2023. Now, now it's a good point. Dave Deckard, Blazers Edge, joining us on the show. Um, in terms of precedent for this, I mean, so it always helps to place it in historical perspective where at all possible. <laughs> you know, as a Blazer fan, this might seem like a, a bit of unknown territory with your with your star of this caliber asking out. There's obviously the Drexler um, parallels. They're imperfect, but they're they're there as well. Um, you know, where do you place this Lillard example in terms of historical precedents, whether in Portland or league wide? Is there any previous example from which you know Portland fans can draw from to help understand the dynamics at play? I mean, yeah, all of them. I mean, LeBron has done this 22 times, right, in his career. (laughs) And look, he's still LeBron James. And the fate of the franchise he left depends on them, not on him. And that's the thing that I think Blazer fans need to understand, is that for too long now, both the franchise and its fans, and in some ways I think Dame, have seamlessly identified the Trailblazers logo with this one player. Now, they had the luxury of doing so because Dame was great and charismatic, but it was also a little bit sleight of hand because they weren't really succeeding in that time frame the way they wanted to, but putting the Dame veneer over all of that made it look good. So they were complicit. They went along with it, and they, they hitched their wagon to this one guy and said, we are all about him. In essence, we are nothing without him. They need to detach some of that. What happens to their future depends on them, not on him. And I think Joe Cronin is doing something to to own that with his press conference statements. And they need to continue that. They need to go, look, we have new players. We have a new future. We have loved this decade, but everything comes to an end. And we are ready for a new era in which the Trailblazers reputation, identity, logo all get redefined. How did Cronin come across to you with his Monday press conference? I mean, competent, but subdued. I think he knows what he's facing. And this is the thing of, uh, look, it's the ex-boyfriend going out to the party where his ex-girlfriend is now the belle of the ball, right? Like, you, you understand that this is going to pass. But in that moment, at that particular party, you're not going to speak up too loud and you're just going to try to get through it. Everybody in the NBA is going to say the Trailblazers couldn't build around Dame. That's why he's leaving just like you got dumped. Okay, that's that's his starting base. Given that, I think he did pretty well. He portrayed competence. He betrayed no anxiety or urgency. He reiterated that he's going to do the best possible for his team while still respecting what Dame needs and left open the possibility of that kind of reconciliation where Dame still leaves, but both sides get what they want. That's really all that he could do. If he tried to do something else saying, you know, we're, we're going to trade him to Miami and make it work, or we're going to get another deal or make it work or put specifics on it or whatever, then he's just speaking up at that party where he can't win anyway go to the corner do your job get through it and there will be brighter days tomorrow and you know what you're going to show up at that party next month with scoot henderson and that's not too bad no no not at all when i ask you about scoot in a moment i also was impressed by cronin you know taking accountability and basically saying look like i failed damian lillard our goal was to build around him we didn't accomplish that we tried but we didn't get it done that's on me and i couldn't help dave but think Boy, I don't think that that's a phrase 
Neil O'Shea would have uttered during his time in Portland that it's my fault. You know, I got to take accountability for not building around Damian Lillard. Um, if we're uh, assigning blame, because that's a fun thing to do. Uh, you mentioned 2020 probably would have been as good a time as ever to really recommit to, you know, the urgency of building a contender around Damian Lillard so we wouldn't have to get to this point. Obviously, Neil was here then. Cronin took over basically at the end of the calendar year in 2021. How, how do you parse it? You know, how much blame goes on Cronin? He's the one taking uh, responsibility, but Olshay wasn't there to take responsibility yesterday because he's been fired. But I, I know he's got some of this on his hands. Well, I'm going to write about exactly this tomorrow, I think, from, from both points of view. And one of the things to understand is tracing this whole thing back. I mean, you can go as far as 2015 when the Marcus Aldrich left. That was very young in Lillard's career. It's the first moment where he got to step up as the absolute unquestioned, unchallenged superstar. And you may remember that after LaMarcus left, they won like 43 games or something like that. Don't have it in front of me. But that was oversold. That means, ha, take that, media. You only predicted 32 wins. We got 43. We're the greatest team in the universe. And, well, it was a good achievement, but they were not that. And the chronic overselling during the early to mid parts of Damian Lillard's career, I think, was, again, another veneer over the lack of success that they were experiencing. And they sold that as winning. Well, I mean, they got their, their boost in 2019 where they made it to the conference finals. And even though they got swept, again, everybody got renewed, bigger contracts, Ose, Terry Stotts, et cetera, et cetera. And it said, well, you know, that's, that's the proof that this is all working. Well, it wasn't. It still wasn't. And then what happened is basically when you get into 2020, 2021, you realize, if, if you're Dame, hey, I'm getting older, and we're still saying this, but we're still not actually winning. And I think the seeds of that accountability go clear back to Olshay, in some ways to Dame for, for buying into this, although he was young and he was at the center of it, so well, how can you blame him? But it goes back as far as that, and this has been brewing really for eight years now, and we're just seeing the fruition of forces that have continued on throughout that time. So basically, I think when Joe Cronin stepped into it, there was only so much he could do. I think if he's guilty of anything, he's guilty of some naivete. Uh, that Two months ago, I think the Blazers and the people surrounding them were credibly talking about people like, well, Joel Embiid or whatever. I mean, we didn't hear this officially, but in back channels, we're going to get somebody great. Well, that's just really not possible the way you think it is. I think Cronin's inexperience might have showed there, thinking that he could get that deal done and letting that be known. But other than that, I, I think that he is pretty spotless in this. There wasn't much he could do but dismantle and hope. And at least when he dismantled, he hedged his bets. He got young players. And again, they ended up, luckily, with Scoot Henderson. I mean, Shaden Sharp's not bad. They still have Anthony Simons. He's got a young core to start out with, at least out of this, instead of reinvesting in ancient forwards or aging forwards who were mediocre once more, like Olshay did. And now we have to rebuild without Dame, and we have salary cap issues, and we have no talent. Dave Deckard, Blazers Edge, joining us. Scoot looks pretty good, Dave. Uh, and he's he's getting some rave reviews uh, from some national pundits out there, what do you what do you make of watching Scoot so far? 
Okay, so first, there's going to be a learning curve, and especially without veterans on the team. So, look, he's not going to look as great right away as he did in his only summer league game. But the guy's built like a linebacker. We know this. And he's got a deadly combination of two other qualities. One is a first step where he can get that shoulder past you. And when he gets that shoulder past the defender, nobody is moving it. Okay, you can't bump him out of the way. That is exciting. The other thing is his confidence in his pull-up shot inside the arc. He's not going to be a good three-point shooter yet. He needs to develop that. But if he gets on that drive, and the help comes, he can pull up and shoot a jump shot before the help arrives, which is really, really powerful. That makes him a multi-level, multi-faceted offensive threat. That is super exciting, because what's going to functionally end up happening is he's going to draw attention, and he's going to have teammates open. The last thing we saw is he has an ability to pass, at least so far. And, uh, you know, if you set Shaden Sharp up with an open three, that's not bad. You can envision Jeremy Grant on the other side of the floor. That's not going to be bad either. So already you've got some synergy going on there. So all for all those reasons, I think Blazer fans should be excited about Henderson. I think you got to give him a couple years to learn the point guard stuff. Also, he needs to develop that three-point shot in the modern NBA. But if he has time and he has that distant shot, I think he's going to be a very, very serviceable guard at minimum and probably an all-star before too long. That's the exciting thing for Blazers fans. Even before the Lillard trade, having Sharp and Scoot, especially the way they look right now, young in their career, that's a pretty good place to start from with a with a rebuild regardless but i'm eager to hear your your thoughts on this dave even with that in mind great foundation what is the best case scenario with a lillard deal moving forward both in terms of timeline before the season during training camp after the season starts before uh, the trade deadline like when's the best time to get this deal and um i imagine that's quite tied to what the actual return package ultimately becomes Yeah, I mean, look, short term, you would rather get it done sooner than later to remove the ambiguity and make everybody happy. But in the big picture, it doesn't matter. You can be completely agnostic as far as timing, whether it's now, six months from now, a year from now, what matters is the return. And that's the only thing that the trailblazers can bank on in the future. I mean, the appeasing dame is really nice, but that doesn't pay the bills a year from now. What they get back from that package does so what you're really looking at i think the primary return is simply going to be draft picks and the more unprotected ones you have and the more that they are in the future the the blazers can ladder right now they have really young talent right now they don't need more really young talent in 2024 necessarily that's going to create a big bubble with no veterans to learn from everybody's too bunched up if they can get more young talent in 2027 and then again in 2029 now the players now are are like three or four years matured and you get a layer underneath them and you get a layer underneath them five six seven years down the road now you have a really exciting team and that's what they're building toward so i think those draft picks are going to be key if they can also get 
a talented young player or two, especially maybe at the center position, that would be great. But I think that that is secondary at this point. They're going to have to take back salary. Whether they can get back another player with it is up in the air. But again, those draft picks are the big bonus that you hope for. Any chance Lillard is still playing in a Blazer uniform if he's not traded at the start of the season? Yeah, I mean, that would be up to him and the team. I don't believe that there will be the kind of animosity that says, you know, you're intentionally working me over and therefore I'm not playing for you. I believe there would be the tension of, look, we cannot get a deal done and it's not going to get any better if you sit. And Dame himself with his character and his dedication to basketball, if not the Blazers, will probably understand that the same way Kevin Durant did in Brooklyn. So I would say there is a chance, as long as Dame doesn't think that the Blazers are actively passing up deals, that he could suit up if they can't get a a deal done. Obviously, that's not ideal. But again, that would be better than taking back a horrible package for your one superstar trade chip. Thanks a lot for the time, Dave. It's hard to seeing what you write uh, later this week on, on the uh, the vast background that's led us up to this point with Damian Lillard and the franchise. But thanks for making time, and we'll look forward to reading you on Blazers Edge. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. There he is, Dave Decker, joining us here on the Bold Faced Truth. The one thing that I do uh, think about, I don't see Dame suiting up if he's still in Portland. And I know the team is not in tank mode or anything like that, but they are in rebuild mode. And I just don't know what the incentives are as a team if you're ultimately going to trade Damian Lillard to have him play. Now, I know that that's an agreed-upon mutually decision. And I've already stated that 90% sure he's going to get traded to Miami. I just don't know exactly when or how that's going to be executed. Because it's not going to be the trade package that's been reportedly floated out there by by Miami to this point. And um, as much as Aaron Goodwin was probably trying to strong arm a Portland and Miami deal as soon as possible, as much as Pat Riley was probably trying to angle to do the same, and it was in Miami's best interest to make it happen ASAP, it's not in Portland's best interest. So if it takes months, it takes months. But if it takes months... I still don't see Dame playing. What if he gets hurt? <laughs> why, why risk that? Doesn't make sense to me. So, settle in, Rip City. Settle in. We're, uh, we're in for a little bit longer of a ride than I think Pat Riley would want. But that's just the way I like it. We'll see what happens. We'll wrap up shop on the other side as we lead you up to uh, All-Star Game coverage at 5 o'clock right here on the Bald Face Truth.